While we were marching through Georgia Everybody swing your honey, swing your high and low The yellow man left for the old left hand Around the ring you go A grand old right to left walk on your heel and toe Promenade that pretty gal to Georgia in 1861, as a delegate to the Georgia Secession Convention, Alexander Stevens held firm to his belief. When we and our posterity shall see our lovely South desolated by the demon of war, which this act of yours will inevitably invite and call forth, when our green fields of waving harvest shall be trodden down by the murderous soldiery and fiery car of war sweeping over our land, our temples of justice laid in ashes, all the horrors and desolations of war upon us. Who but this convention will be held responsible for it? So there stands Alexander Stevens at the convention that would eventually decide that Georgia was to secede. He's declaring that compromise with the North has served the nation throughout its history and would continue to be in everyone's interest in the future. We know what happens next. The question is how does Stevens get wrapped up in it and what would be his part in the war? This is Moving Through Georgia, Season 2, Episode 4, Alexander Stevens, Part 2 of 3. Just a heads up, there are some quotes from Stevens himself in this episode, and he does give his opinion on slavery and African Americans in general. He does use some terms that we don't use anymore. It's better to use the quote as is and give a disclaimer than to try to clean it up and change his words. In 1860, Stevens began to correspond with someone he admired, Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln and Stevens were familiar, and the president had once commented that the consumptive man from Georgia had given the finest speech that he had ever since heard. Here in this correspondence, we can see two important points that divided the country at this time. The first was slavery. Lincoln tried to assure Stevens that his administration had no intent to interfere with Southern slavery and would actually protect slavery if it meant protecting the Union. But Lincoln closes his letter with this reminder. You think slavery is right and ought to be extended, while we think it is wrong and ought to be restricted. That, I suppose, is the rub. It certainly is the only substantial difference between us. They might have seen it as the only difference, but it was a significant difference. In his reply, Stephen says, We at the South do think African slavery, as it exists with us, both morally and politically right. You, however, and perhaps a majority of the North, think it wrong. Admit the difference of opinion. After the war began, Stevens would repeat this belief in a speech in Savannah. It's now called the Cornerstone Speech, as Stevens felt that this was the cornerstone upon which the Confederacy rested. Another point of contention between Lincoln and Stevens lay in the mechanics of secession. Stevens felt that the Constitution was an agreement that any state had the freedom to exit at any time. Lincoln felt that withdrawal from the Union required the consent of the entire Union, and anything other than an amicable exit agreed to by all the states was considered rebellion. We are now pretty far into the second episode, and we haven't even formed the Confederacy yet, so let's get to it. 
1861, Stevens attended the Georgia Secession Convention. The goal was to determine Georgia's response to Lincoln's election. Stevens went in, still in favor of preserving the Union, stating that the South was well represented in Congress and that Lincoln wouldn't have the power to do more than continue to compromise. He himself voted against secession with the condition that he carried over from the Georgia platform, that the Union should stay together as long as fugitive slave laws were enforced. When the majority of the convention voted for secession, Stevens reluctantly agreed and threw his lot in with the South. He and nine others were then elected to the Provisional Confederate Congress in Alabama where the new government was being formed. Although this wasn't the way he wanted things to go, his ambition was raging again, and this man who until recently argued against secession accepted the position of vice president of the new nation. Like a lot of other former and future vice presidents, he was selected to give the government some balance. War was not inevitable at this point, and Stevens would appeal to the more moderate Southerners and those who still favored compromise and diplomacy. There was another significant difference between the president and vice president. Stevens was often ill and thin and had no prior military experience. Jefferson Davis was a veteran, and once the war started, his first priority was winning that war. As time progressed, Stevens' voice became fainter and fainter in the president's ears as Davis consulted with those who could contribute some strategy toward the fighting. After the initial Southern victory at the Battle of Bull Run, or Manassas, Alexander Stevens, vice president of a rebellious government, began exploring his own sort of rebellion. As early as 1862, several members of the Confederate Congress suggested opening peace talks with the North to bring the war to an honorable conclusion. As things started to go badly for the southern states, the Confederate Congress began to complain about Davis's handling of the country and accuse him of incompetence. The idea that the South should begin talks with the North began to spread, and individual state legislatures like Georgia's were beginning to demand it. At this point, Stevens becomes the leading voice for a peaceful conclusion to the war. In 1863, he prepared to travel to Washington to discuss issues involving prisoners of war and open a dialogue that might eventually lead to peace talks. But when the Confederates were defeated at Gettysburg, Lincoln's government informed Stevens that those negotiations were now canceled. As Sherman burned through Georgia and Grant assaulted Richmond, rumors began to fly that Sherman had invited Stevens and Governor John Brown to discuss the way that Georgia could re-enter the Union. Unfortunately, there was no way the South could negotiate from a position of strength. Jefferson Davis himself traveled to Georgia to inspect the troops and publicly denounce those who would undermine the war effort with such side-dealing. If the invitation was genuine, Stevens did not accept. However, he did begin to criticize Davis and his handling of the war a lot more openly. Stevens felt that the draft and the suspension of habeas corpus would spell doom to the Confederacy and that the negotiations were crucially needed. Just a quick side note, Lincoln was also denounced for suspending habeas corpus and the Supreme Court eventually ruled that the president did not have that authority. 
To simplify it to one sentence, the habeas corpus law prevented civilians from being tried in military courts, including people who openly protested the war. In 1865, an intermediary spoke to Davis and Lincoln and organized the first peace talks. This was known as the Hampton Roads Conference, and it took place on February 3rd, 1865. Something had happened. France had invaded Mexico. Davis and Lincoln both opposed European forces meddling in the Americas. This was known as the Monroe Doctrine, and many Southerners felt that peace could be achievable if the South offered to team up and drive out the French together. Davis agreed to the talks reluctantly. A lot of people felt that he was only doing it to prove that the negotiations were pointless. He was probably right. Lincoln, Stevens, and a few others met on a steamboat in Hampton Roads, Virginia, and talked for about five hours. Lincoln, who at this point is negotiating from a position of strength, saw no need to compromise. He demanded that the South surrender and agreed to rejoin the Union before any further discussion took place. Even the offer for a joint invasion of Mexico didn't change his mind. It's interesting to note that Lincoln described the Emancipation Proclamation and the newly passed 13th Amendment as war measures and dropped the idea that they might even be held back or slowly enforced over time. Lincoln wanted the South to surrender and rejoin the Union, and he was offering to make the transition out of slavery as easy as possible. He believed that that goal would be reached eventually. Lincoln believed that the South was going to lose the war and slavery was doomed, and to him it didn't matter if it took one year for slavery to end or 30. So that was it. Surrender and reunify. Take it or leave it. On the way out, Lincoln asked Stevens if there was anything he could do for him personally, and Stevens mentioned a nephew who was being held as a prisoner of war, who was later released along with the release of a Union soldier held by the South. There's a lot here, and there's a lot of rabbit holes I could burrow into. John Brown, the wartime governor of Georgia, was a fascinating character who probably deserves a podcast episode of his own. Habeas corpus is a complicated subject, and that could take a full podcast episode to go through. The Monroe Doctrine could be several episodes, but for now, we're going to end this episode. I'm going to say Moving Through Georgia is a Georgia history podcast focusing on Northeast Georgia. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to movingthroughgeorgia at gmail.com. Stephen started this episode as a Union supporter who believed that the South would eventually get everything it wanted through negotiation and compromise. He is now the Vice President of the Confederacy who still believes that the South will eventually get everything it wants through negotiation and compromise. At the end of the Hampton Roads Conference, Stevens doesn't know it, but the war is going to end in just about two months and everything is going to change again. In episode 3, we'll end the war, close out Stephen's career, and finally get to how this affects a history podcast about Northeast Georgia. And of course, that's Stevens County. A county whose existence may have been brought into being when the Habersham County Courthouse was blown up in the middle of the night. It happened, and we'll get to it next time. Everybody swing your honey, swing your high and low. 
the alamander, but the old left hand around the ring you go. A grand old right left walk on your heel and toe. From an deputy gal to Georgia. That's all. <laughs>